0: Friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And we are officially done yelling about romance movies (laughs) (laughs) and books (laughs) and tropes that we hate. Um, For anyone who, you know, isn't aware, uh, February is Black History Month, and we decided that it would be nice to shine a little bit of a spotlight over here on the podcast and obviously also over um, on our website at fullybook.ca. So you guys can always refer over to there as well if you want to see some of the articles that we have that have previously covered some um, black literature and things that we found interesting. And we thought that we would kick off this kind of second half of the month with um, an adaptation that feels you know, quite appropriate Mm. for Black History Month um, in the sense that it's talking, speaking a lot about um, achievements by people of color um, at a time that was very important in the United States. Yep. And so today we're talking about the 2016 adaptation of Hidden Figures, um, which, you know, is one of those movies, I think, also that I will say... (laughs) Neither of us are very into space stuff. No. (laughs) Like at all. Not at all. Um, But the movie does do quite a good job of, I guess, creating an element of... Intrigue Mm. in the story too. Obviously, I think because of the characters mostly and what's happening to them throughout the course of the story. If everything were calculations to do with a space launch, we would have been asleep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that the um, space launch part of this was, you know, secondary portion of the story. Kind of. Yes, it was was more about
0: the women themselves who were working at NASA at this at the time. The movie set in the 1960s, and Mm -hmm. you know when this was actually when all of this was actually taking place. so yeah we may as well just jump right into it. is a tall glass of water he's coming over now why would he be doing that
1: because mary's waving at me oh dorothy slice of pie i love one
0: you already have a slice Uh of
1: pie it. you're a computer at
0: nasa they let women handle that sort of
1: yes it's an uphill battle yes they let women do some things at nasa mr johnson and it's not because we wear skirts it's because we wear glasses we go
0: from being our father's daughters to our husbands' Um Hidden Figures was released in 2016 and is an adaptation of the novel of the same name by a nonfiction author by the name of Margot Lee Shetterly. Uh, this was her first book, so that's impressive. Wow. And these movies. This movie came out the same year as the book, so I can only assume wow. when she was completing the book, they were optioning the film as well, basically at the same That's time. That's
1: really cool. I don't know how often I've heard of that happening. It
0: har- I feel like it hardly ever yeah. happens. There do there are like some bidding wars sometimes. Oh, though yeah. if something is generating a lot of buzz, mm-hmm. there does seem to be a time. Ta- like there do seem to be times where some adaptations do that, but it doesn't happen very often. Interesting. So Hidden Figures currently has a score of 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb and 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I believe that. And I double checked and the critic score and the audience score is the same, which I almost
1: never happens. Believe that. It was a great movie. It's an
0: it's a really, you know, interesting, very interesting story and also I think sheds a light. And I think until this film came out, I sure didn't know that there were women of color working at NASA in the 1960s doing calculations for some of the most important launches that ever occurred in NASA's history.
1: Oh, and like in an entire department of them, you know? Yes, of women who
0: were just working and doing this. I mean, first of all, like you said right off the bat, you're like, wow, I'm surprised that in the 1960s there were this many women working at NASA at at all. Just
1: women in general. Oh, yeah. And they were doing calculations, all of them. Mm -hmm. You know, they were um, what they were called they called them computers yes and because this was prior
0: to the invention of a machine computer <laughs> right
1: well it was kind of happening at the same time yes. right? yeah like, they were they being were
0: introduced bringing
1: in the IBM computer at the
0: same time <laughs> which like the, if you guys have never seen a, what a computer looked like in the 60s it you needed an entire room for it oh yes like and a warehouse this space is quite well known
1: and I think it was up until probably the 80s that this is how big oh, computers they were, were massive um and it was so interesting you know I was watching this movie and I'm like wow these women would have had to be very good at calculating because the whole purpose of their job was to double check calculations that had been made and then triple check them i can't
0: even do math in my head
1: oh wow yeah they they would have had to be excellent just incredibly well
0: trained so hidden figures itself follows the story of three real life women who were working in langley at nasa um in the 50s and 60s, and in a lot of cases, they had been there for a number of years and stayed for a number of years following the events of the story itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So the three women's names were Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson. Um, I would say that Katherine Johnson is sort of the main focus to a certain extent of the story. Um, She was, that's it, a mathematician who worked originally as a computer at NASA, And became the first African-American woman, and I believe maybe African-American at all, to work on the calculations for the space task group that existed in the 50s and 60s um, that were a major part of the space race, basically. This was in the early 60s when the U.S. was fighting very, very hard to get a manned operation into space. And they had been pushing for this really hard because the Russians technically got there first. They did send a man up um, prior to maybe a year Mm -hmm. prior to the Americans. It was a very close race. It was a very close race, and the race would continue all the way into 1969 when the um, Apollo 11 mission, was it, went to the moon. Mm. Um, And then... Again, like with other shuttle missions as well, it sort of just continued yeah. after that point, too. So, this sort of follows them in their lives, but also what they were able to accomplish. And what, you know, they continued to do after the events kind of of the story. Obviously, there are liberties taken in the sense that I don't believe that all of these events that each of the three characters' experiences were happening at the exact same time. I think they were happening probably within the period of a decade or so.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that, you know, that they were this close of friends, the three of them. No, not from what what I've read. For the sake of the movie, like, it really helped develop the characters and mm-hmm. make them a lot more um, lovable, I suppose. Yes. You know, you really <laughs> felt like an affinity with them because they were the three friends, but... Um, no, and I said this to Megan when we were watching it. I was like, "Did this all happen at the same time? Like, were these three women like Yes, they were working together at NASA. They, they didn't each know other. each other. They did know each other, yeah. but they weren't like best friends. um And you know, obviously, all of the events in this movie happened between like like within like five or seven years. You know, not at the
0: absolute most. I think it might be within like a two year period.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I don't think that it was all happening like in the time frame that they depicted. But of course, it's a movie, so yeah.
0: And to. I I get it. It makes sense. Things are happening consecutively to all of these different people and it's just it's interesting that mm-hmm. way and it keeps you interested in the plot as well if you had to watch like mundane things go on for a long time you would be pretty fucking bored mm-hmm. so um, so basically the film starts off with the three of them Catherine, Dorothy and Mary are all driving to work uh, well they were driving to work but their car broke down right? <laughs> and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with it um, at this time also keep in mind that in 1961 Virginia was still a segregated state that mm-hmm. is where Langley's headquarters are mm-hmm. um, in Virginia. And so at this time, there would have still been some segregation happening. My understanding from what I read a little bit about Katherine Johnson and Dorothy Vaughn and Mary Jackson is that they there was segregation at NASA um, that did continue Le- like because legally it was expected to I believe into the 60s but I know that she was indicating that in 1958 a lot of that was kind of shifting mm. a bit um and Katherine Johnson herself did say she never felt particularly discriminated against and she more felt like just another member of the team and everybody was sort of just treated each other the exact same way because they were all doing the same job
1: yeah and I think it's important to note that this was the time when you know JFK was president yes. and the federal government whatever you call it in the states Mm -hmm. you know the the main government um they had started to say you know no more segregation and they were really trying to to stop that you know it was during the time of you know martin luther king and everything happening and but unfortunately virginia was a segregated state yes
0: and this unfortunately the southern states uh, many of them did take longer Mm -hmm. for segregation to come to an end So, so they do, you know, they kind of show that you do see that in several different areas of like the town that they're in and things like that. There are, you know, there are bathrooms that people are expected to go to. People of color are expected to go to water fountains that they need to drink out of.
1: They're expected to sit at the back of the classroom. Yeah. And, you know, back of the meeting room. And so, you know, there's a lot of that. So I think
0: that if, I do think though that even if, hopefully, and I hope that was the case, even if at NASA, um people weren't necessarily experiencing as much discrimination as they were outside because so much of the film takes place at NASA, it is probably a good thing that they kind of added some of those elements so at least, like, the audience gets a feel for potentially the segregation and the racial on. profiling yeah. that was happening at that time.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, even the start of the movie, they're trying to fix their car. Uh, Dorothy is the mechanic in the group. Yeah, you know, she's so funny. trying to fix the car and a police officer shows up and, you know, they, the three of them get visibly nervous. Um, he talks to them for a bit ask them for their ID. They say that they're trying to go to work to NASA. And so because he, they're trying to help with the space That's launch. right. And
0: when they mention that, oh, those boys are going to be our saviors. Oh, they're a bunch of heroes. And they're all sitting there like, yes, 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 whatever <laughs> helps. So then, he, of course, he gives them a police escort mm-hmm. once they get the car up and running to Langley, yep. uh, <laughs> which is interesting. And when they get there you kind of you know obviously part of the segregation that you see is that they're part of what's called or what was called the west end group so they're a group of um african-american women who are in like their own building kind of off to the side and they do work doing the computing basically for all of these coordinates and everything and the double checks that need to be done Mm -hmm. um so what basically the space task group meanwhile needs a computer mm-hmm. to work with them because they need someone to do the double checks, and because Catherine is um, brilliant, like we do. There you is see a fl- that
1: in the opening. Of yeah, the movie. that's you know, There's a flashback. How brilliant she is, and how she was, you know, two grades ahead. They they brought her up two grades faster. Um, she was accepted into you know the school for gifted children. Yeah. Um. So they they allude to that. Um. So we know that Catherine is really the you know, she is very exceptional in what yes, she does. She's
0: extremely intelligent and it's pretty clear. Um, and I did, I was actually reading as well that, um, in order for her to be able to attend the special school that she did every, at the start of every school year, her parents would drive them 200 miles wow. away to, for her to be able. And the, I think her siblings as well, to be able to go to these these good institutions who gave yeah. that where they were able to get like a better a higher education. So crazy. Eh? I know it's wild. Wow. Yeah. So she's because she's very good at what she does, um, Catherine's chosen to work with the space task group, sort of, and kind of be their computer. Um, and she arrives there to people who are very confused to see her, even mm-hmm. though, like, you know, if he knew somebody was coming to help the calculation, whatever.
1: No, matter. but they're just, it's a, it's a room full of white men. So, a room full of white dudes, uh-huh. which I'm sure is probably still what part of NASA looks like. <laughs> probably. Um, and she shows up, and they don't really know what to do with this, and, you know, within the first, you know, few minutes of her sitting down, they they're very salty uh, the character played by jim parsons yes um he is told to give his calculations to her for her to compute yes and he redacts a whole bunch of information from it and drops it on her and she's like how am i supposed to figure this out without any of the right information and he mm-hmm. says well you work with what you have so he dumps it on her and then within about you know 30 seconds she realizes that she has to go to the bathroom she has to pee Um, and that poses a conundrum as Megan just alluded to, because they do have segregated bathrooms, um, and she,
0: (laughs) she did have to, so she goes to see the admin, um, who's like the woman who's kind of their office manager type. The only woman in the office. Yeah, the only other woman in the office, um, who's like, I don't know where your bathroom is. And Mm -hmm. so she realized that she has to go all the way back to the building that the West End group works in generally, because I guess that's the only bathroom for people of color. And so she has to go all the way back there, and she says it's half a mile away. So she's gonna run.
1: So she runs all and the run way back, there and runs back. And you know, bear in mind, she's had three kids, so like, <laughs> yeah, you know, when you gotta pee, you gotta pee. You gotta pee, you gotta pee. Um, so. when keep okay. So one thing
0: I was curious, I kind of looked into like some of the fact and fiction because you know, when you're making a film, you do do you do change certain things around to make you know to make it more, more dramatic. like dramatic for the audience and stuff. So what I did read did indicate, yes, there were some segregated bathrooms at NASA and Mary Jackson, who's actually played by Janelle Monet in the film. Um, she petitioned to have that abolished because mm-hmm. it seemed absurd to her, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but Katherine Johnson herself said she did not care at all. And she just used whatever bathroom was close to her when she had to pee, which
1: is fine. Well, I mean, I think at that point, like that's what you just would do. Um, and then you know because I was watching it and I'm like, I would just go to the closest bathroom, but I, I wasn't there at the time. So, you know, no. that's probably just my privilege speaking, you know, like you, you probably wouldn't dare. Um, and so she comes back, she starts doing her calculations and then she wants to go and get a cup of coffee. And did you notice that uh, everyone in the room, their coffee cup was white and hers was brown? was brown. And so like she, she got the little crappy leftover, leftover one because they had like well, larger... She brought, she, brought oh, yes, she brought it with her. Oh yes, she brought it with her from her thing. Yeah, that's it because they weren't going to give her one. Right. So she had to bring her own mug. So she's just doing her calculations. She stands up absentmindedly to go get a cup of coffee. She pours the coffee from the carafe that's there. For the white people. And they're all just staring at her. And she's kind of like, uh, and then she goes and sits back down. The next morning, they've put a coffee pot that said colored yes. on it just for her. Just just for her. Oh,
0: how nice. Oh, how lovely. Yeah. Everybody's not going to feel discriminated against whatsoever. So she's dealing with that. Meanwhile, you got Kevin Costner up in the office playing a character named Al Harrison, who's... Um, the boss. He's the one mm. in charge of the space task group, basically. And I think based on that, almost in charge of NASA to mm. a certain extent because that would have been the most important thing that they were working on at that time. For sure. Um, so while this is happening, uh, Mary Jackson, like I said, played by Janelle Monet, she's assigned to... Um, the to work on the heat shield for the space capsule that's mm. what she's doing at the beginning she can, she's in the room where they're about to run a test and they're counting down and she gets her heel stuck in a grate and she has to leave her sh- I feel bad for her cuz I mean she's walking around for the rest of the day with one shoe on cuz it think gets you'd stuck. just go
1: barefoot at that point like, I would just take my other yeah. shoe off yeah
0: so she's working with that team and she helps them identify what looks like a design flaw basically mm. in the heat shield and her Um, mentor, leader, who I also, if I'm not mistaken from what I was reading, is based on a real person as well named Carl. uh, He's actually, I double-checked, I thought I was like, is there a Russian guy working here? That's weird. He's a Polish-Jewish Holocaust survivor.
1: And the actor who plays him was in Home Alone Three. Was he? Yeah, he's one of the Russian... Why um, do you
0: know that? Home Alone 3, Look, <laughs> It was
1: with the kid there and the Russians and I don't, the, I don't know. The, and yeah, uh, past Home Alone 2, uh,
0: past New York, I can't, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway. Oh boy, anyway. This <laughs> guy's like
1: typecast as like a Russian dude, like a... Like a Eastern European He probably person. is Eastern European. I think any- he is. Yeah. Anyway. So because of this, um, he encourages her.
0: He's like, hey, you should work with us as an engineer because I think that you really have the mind for it. Um, so she applies for the position, but she's told by Kirsten Dunst's character, whose name is Mrs. Mitchell, mm. um, who's, I guess, I don't know, a floor
1: supervisor, a building supervisor? No, I think she's a supervisor for the the white women calculators. Oh, you're right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, you're right. And But by default, she ends up being the supervisor for the women for in general. The women in general. Yes. And I think that they mentioned that there had been another supervisor. Well, there for, was a supervisor for the group for of... The, for the black women. Yeah. Um, and they mentioned that she's been off sick or something, or something for a year yeah. and they haven't had a replacement. And she says to her, yeah, well, you know, it's been running pretty smoothly for a year. And uh, Dorothy, Dorothy goes, well, that's because I've been doing the supervisor's job and
0: it's that is an incredibly relatable thing I think the number of people who like you know a boss quits or someone in a management position quits at a job and you or someone else is doing the job of a supervisor with no additional pay and no additional title or recognition it happens all All the the time it happens to
1: this day yep and I, and I think it happens to women a lot because because we tend to see something we want to fix it, we want to help people. Well, because we we're like, oh, well someone our, needs yeah, to someone, to help with yeah, this. Someone needs to take the lead, someone needs to help and so, you know, naturally she kind of fit into that position and um yeah, so she gets rejected from a supervisor position that she had applied yeah,
0: for. Yeah, so Dorothy gets rejected from that. Mary gets rejected from being an engineer because despite the fact that she has some sort of uh, double a bachelor's. bachelor's degree in math and science or something, I forget what it is. Anyway, she's very smart. Um, she needs to take specific engineering courses in order to qualify. Yeah. Um, so she starts looking into that and then realizes that the only way that she can do that is to take courses at a local high school that are given in the evening. I guess. Um, And it's an
1: all-white school.
0: school. So she's, you know, of course thinking she won't be able to join, but Mary's character is very determined. I I hope the real Mary Jackson was like this, because she's quite funny. Um, And so what she decides to do is to file a a court petition to um, get permission to attend the high school to attend these courses so that she can get her certification and work as an engineer. Her husband is not super down with this.
1: Well, I think her husband worries that she's going to be disappointed and because it's not going to work because it's not going to happen. You know, he starts saying to her like, you know, civil rights aren't always civil. Like, I think he's very much like, you know, into what Martin Martin Luther King is saying at this point, you know, like he's saying that they have to fight for what they want. And he's kind of suggesting that the way she wants to go about it will not get her where she wants to go. And he's worried that she's going to be disappointed. But as she replies to him, There's more than one way of doing something. Yes, exactly.
0: So she decides that's what she's going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, All these people as well, you do see like everybody's like husband as well, um, which I believe they all have the name of the women's real life husbands and partners that they did Mm. have basically at this time. So while this is going on, they're at like a church picnic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, Catherine at that time, meets her future husband, or second husband, I should say, because we're given to understand that her first husband passed away. Right. Uh, so she meets her second husband there, and he takes an immediate interest, and she's kind of like,
1: no, no, please leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, no, 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 no. Like, you're very attractive, but go away. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be anybody's attitude. That was like, yeah. I have three little girls, yeah, and she's I'm very busy at work. Yeah, she's <laughs> got three
0: children at home. Her mother helps her with everything, but, like, it's a lot to do. So while Mary's dealing with that, So basically you've got Catherine dealing with um, people who won't give her the information she needs to do her fucking job properly. You've got Mary dealing with not being able to get her own certification for the job she'd like to do. And then Dorothy, who's doing the job of someone that she's getting no credit for at all and not getting any kind of promotion
1: recognition for that. And no... no you know promotion in sight no no oh, no no encouragement no. No. in sight like it's very much like stay where you are yeah it's terrible so meanwhile they're wheeling this giant ibm computer oh into the building, God. which is you know, like this is kind of like happening in the background and it's like a little bit funny because they haven't like calculated how to get it into the building correctly oh, yeah and, they have like, to like, knock down one of the doors wall. or something um so like this is all happening in the background and like you know dorothy who's very intelligent you know she's looking at this and she starts asking questions and saying like what is this thing and they're like oh that's the IBM mm-hmm. it can do calculations in no time and, and so she's like Fuck. she's piecing this together and she realizes that that's the future of computers of computers actual yeah.
0: computers machine computers mm-hmm. not human beings so yeah. she just starts she realizes the um the engineers who are working on this are they can't figure it out like they're keep not on, programmers yeah because that's it they've never learned programming or coding or yeah. anything so she basically teaches she buys a book or takes a book out from the library about programming and late at night she goes in she starts reading it and she starts teaching herself how to run this computer properly and She teaches
1: her team how to do it too and then
0: she teaches her team like kind of on the side as well like hey yeah. this is what I've been doing this is what I'm working on and at one point the engineers or the guys who are I guess supposed to be programmers come back in and they're like you know and they're like oh no get away get away you're gonna ruin something or whatever and of course she's made something work because the printing was never the code was never printing off correctly that they needed and they're like how did you who are you like how did you do (laughs) this yeah so um at the same time basically obviously we're getting to the point now where all the fancy shit is going on because the astronauts are getting ready to launch because they're working on the, they called them the Mercury 7. These were seven astronauts who worked on these, uh, manned, original manned missions Mm. into space, um... And the, uh, all of the, you know, the members of the staff basically are given the opportunity to meet them yeah. when they arrive at Langley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're given the opportunity to meet them when they arrive at Langley, um, including John Glenn, who's... A- <laughs> He was a very famous astronaut. Mm. Um, he is the only one. I don't know if this actually happened or not. I know that it's been indicated that, yes, they did meet the astronauts. The yes. astronauts were also very excited about what was going oh, on. Yeah. But I don't I don't think there's any specific record of this one interaction mm. because as John Glenn's going down the line and meeting people, he's basically cut off by the office admin prior to reaching the women of color who are all at the end. They've mm. all been stuck at the end of the line. Mm. And um, he's like, well, there's still, pe- there's still people. Yeah, I've going to go say go. hi talk to them too so he does he goes and has yeah. like a little chat with him and is very charming of course yeah. so, um who knows i, I don't know. know if this happened or not hopefully it did that would be nice yeah. i hope john glenn was a cool guy is all i can say i don't know anything about astronauts but i hope he was a nice person yeah. um he so basically when at the same time that this happens basically Catherine. um is able to... She's still getting all this redacted garbage, Mm. but she's able to figure out that if you hold up the paper to the light, you can kind of see some of the other calculations. Because you know, like if you put permanent marker over something like you can still see through if yeah. you look up in the like <laughs> up to the light so she solves a very complicated and complex equation yeah. even with all the redacted shit and al her boss is like what the fuck like yeah. how did you do that and so of course she says this to him and he's like oh okay so maybe we should stop redacting things so much and just give her the information that <laughs> well, she he needs.
1: asks her if she's a russian spy oh my god she's like am i what <laughs>
0: am I And he goes, are you a Russian spy? And she's like, no, I'm 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 not not Russian.
1: (laughs) And then he looks at the admin and she's like, no, she's not Russian. Russian. And so he's like, fine, just give her whatever she needs. And so he's kind of irritated that she could see the classified information. Yes, and of course,
0: uh, Jim Parsons' character, Paul Stafford, is also annoyed by all of this because he's the one who's been like, here, this is what you have to work with. Anyway, um, what has continued to this point that Al loses his shit over eventually is that, of course... Um, Catherine disappears for lengthy periods of time because mm. she has to go to the fucking bathroom. So yeah. she'll disappear for 25 minutes at a time or something because yeah. she has to pee. Like she
1: literally brings her work with her so she can pee and do and work do work at the same time while
0: it. she's sitting on the toilet, which yeah. is insane. Yeah. Um, so she's doing so she's doing that, and of course, every time he needs her, he's like, "Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? She's not there because it takes her forever to get back." So yeah. he confronts her very angrily and abruptly in front of all the people in the room. Yeah. Ick! You yeah. call someone up to your office if you need to talk to them. Yeah, but I it,
1: think this is like you know. Old style leadership. I know, know. but also,
0: this is probably supposed to be a very dramatic scene because she, you know, accosts him right back and is like, I have to run half, a, half mile a mile in that direction to relieve myself and that's absurd and then she
1: starts yelling about her coffee pot and then she starts well. yelling <laughs> about the
0: fact that she's like and then I have to drink coffee from a pot that no one here wants to touch yeah um and everybody treats her like human
1: garbage basically <laughs> and then she so, just immediately excuses herself to go eat her lunch like I'm like good on you girl. I thought I think she was leaving
0: because she thought they would she would just be fired for her outburst I'm pretty sure I that's think what that did. was well,
1: yeah but then she's like back with like her her colleagues from earlier you know yeah like yeah the yeah. Next scene. So, yeah
0: so basically so this leads to my under- first of all this never happens so nobody worry about that mm. but this leads to what i understand is kind of a divisive scene for people and probably one of like the less well liked scenes of the film mm. um where you know that's it she's eating lunch with colleagues and come out into the hallway because they can hear something to find that Al has uh, taken a crowbar to the sign above the bathroom that says colored bathroom yeah. and has started knocking it down and he does make a good point where he's like you know we all pee the same color at NASA so it doesn't really matter yeah, but I do but the understand
1: is the savior complex, it's the
0: white savior right? sort of trope yeah. that kind of comes out of that of like oh yes big strong white man did something yeah. and saved everybody and the way that it's done he very much is declaring like segregation's over at NASA and I'm like no legally no, you would you never have been able to do that (laughs) yeah at um, that time but it's fine whatever it just means she can it just means she
1: can start peeing wherever she fucking wants to great within reason super (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so the movie continues um she's obviously making a lot more progress um and then the closer they're getting to this launch understandably the more stressful everything's getting um and to the point where you know everything's moving so quickly that The the calculations are changing daily and so with the work that she's been given to do um her work that she's spending days doing becomes obsolete right away and yeah. so she gets really irritated and kind of makes a stand and says i have to be part of the pentagon briefings yes. uh so i can get all the information <laughs> and i love what right their answer
0: is there's no protocol for a woman attending and i'm like well if there's no protocol then she should just be able <laughs> well, to go then she should be able
1: to do it you know and, and kevin costner's character says to her you're not gonna let this go are you and she goes no <laughs>
0: no and he's like okay fine just don't say anything don't come say on anything. so of course you know they go into the room and they um are having these proper conversations. And again, um, they don't have the answer for, what the trajectory trajectory or calculations should look like until they ask her and she walks over to the board and does whatever she does yeah,
1: yeah. i mean it. they say how long is it going to take to get to this calculation and so he gives her the chalk and says go do it now like i thought that was kind of a dick move um yeah I mean, that's like, worked out well for that's her, like a flub of like i don't i don't know here yeah i don't know here somebody else do it somebody
0: else go do it so she yeah. does and she does it properly and of course john glad sitting there like oh great okay well i'm really glad this woman's working on yeah. That's nice um unfortunately because of the the IBM machine getting up to par and it's starting to work properly and provide all of these calculations. Thanks to
1: Dorothy. Yes. (laughs) Well, ironically, (laughs) yeah. Her and her team as well.
0: She's like brought all the girls up to do this with her. And so because of this, unfortunately, the space task group is basically saying they don't need a human computer working with them anymore. So technically, that's like a demotion for Catherine. She's like put back into just like working with the others downstairs, Mm -hmm. basically with the West End group, and they're like,
1: oh, we'll try to, you know... Find something else for you. Find something
0: else for you. Um, Luckily, I guess, in other parts, at least for now, um, Mary Jackson has petitioned the court and been awarded the right to attend the classes at the high school for engineering, which she does, and eventually graduates. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. So happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And Dorothy is eventually awarded the position of supervisor of the West End Group, so of all of the women of color who are working at NASA, and to work specifically on the IBM machine with them.
1: Right, but I think that... At that point, like, her team was the only team who could work on the IBM computer. Yeah, they were. Um, and so, you know, it's not even, like, a, a segregated thing anymore. It was, here you go, like, you're the supervisor for this team. And I think it was the, the IBM other... team specifically. That's right. <laughs> and then the other woman, played by Kirsten Dunst's character, says, like, you know, some of the girls on my team would also like to learn about it because it's the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's just, like, this insinuation that it ends up being, like, you know, uh just everyone on the team doesn't matter you know what you look like and so this um, is true in the sense that um Dorothy Vaughn
0: was the first supervisor of I believe both the West End group and probably the IBM group mm -hmm. as well at NASA in the same way that Mary Jackson once she completed her courses was the first African-American female engineer at NASA as well Mm -hmm. um when all of this is sort of coming to a close, obviously the climax sort of ends with, you know, John Glenn's um, shuttle launch. Mm. He goes up there. There is a malfunction with the heat shield.
1: No, but before he goes up there, um, oh, they're, yes, that's true. they're the like the numbers that the IBM machine had put out, and they're they we- realized that there was like a difference between the ones from the day before and then the day of. And so... You know they're telling John Glenn this, and he says, "Get Catherine to do it. If she says that it's okay, then I'm good with it." So yeah, I love that he's like, oh, get, Yeah, he's like, "Oh, get, we'll get the girl to look get at the, the girl numbers because he them. saw her, <laughs> the and he smart the, one." <laughs> and he's and they're just
0: like Catherine. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, the smart
1: the one. Smart if one. she says that they're good, then that's fine." Yeah, um, and so, so she does. She does. Like it's all a little stressful, and she gets that done. She's allowed in the room then, like in the uh, control room yes. for the launch. Um, she's watching all this and then as he's up in the air, um, like Megan just said, it starts to malfunction. Something with the heat it's shield. She, it's
0: loose, I believe, if I'm not yeah. saying It's coming loose so that can fuck things up so that that's it. If the heat shield is loose, then potentially the whole shuttle could burn up on re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere. So he would just die, mm-hmm. basically. So um, she helps uh, them a little bit with also, like she'd done these calculations, she also helps with the suggestion um, to leave like in a particular attachment that I think you're supposed to let go mm. of at some point point. and she's like no no it's fine because it'll hold the heat shield work. in place yeah. she agrees with them that's what they do and then of course it's a totally successful launch and John Glenn is fine because I believe the man passed away in his 90s yeah so. like he
1: had th- I think it's said at the end that he had three um successful space. Three missions. successful missions or yeah. something.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it no problem, the rockets called uh friendship seven and mm, it lands or the right. capsule I should say and it lands successfully after it's um it re-enters correctly. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, it's made pretty clear that a lot of that is because of her. <laughs> so that's kind of like there is kind of a wrap up that you get at the end. There's a lot of, you know. A lot of, I guess, what worked really well is, like, the interspersing of a lot of their personal stuff. You know, Catherine getting remarried to uh, Jim Johnson, her Mm -hmm. new husband, uh, and just sort of, like, you know, like, Mary being able to get to graduate and to become an engineer and her husband, like, legitimately supporting her really by the end and being very proud of her and everything. Um, And, yeah, so in the end, you know, all of them worked for NASA for several decades, and they all managed to accomplish all of these very impressive feats. Yeah. Um and it's weird, I guess not, but it's, it should be weird that no one has talked about it for a very long time. Although in 2015, um Katherine Johnson was awarded the Medal of Honor by Obama,
1: mm-hmm. if
0: I'm not mistaken, and then I believe she passed away in 2020. She was 101 years old. They were all
1: quite old, they were. They? Yeah, I
0: believe, I think Mary Jackson may have been the youngest. She was in her mid 80s, if mm. I'm not mistaken, and I think, um, Dorothy Vaughn was also 98,
1: 97, wow. something like that.
0: Very impressive women, very impressive. They
1: really are, you know. Um, and I think these stories are so important to hear. Um, there's, there's hundreds and thousands of stories like this. Um, You know, I'd be curious what our listeners would put forth as their favorite story for Black History Month. Yeah, Um, for sure. This was a really, really interesting movie to watch, um, and it really just made me think, how many more stories are there like this out there, you know, that we just don't know about? That we don't know about,
0: about, that's it, women of color um, in all sorts of different fields Mm -hmm. and their accomplishments and how, that's it, we just never hear about so many of them.
1: Just how, you know... In general, like, the history of, you know, North America Mm -hmm. and how black people have helped us build it to what it is today. Yeah, that's it.
0: And there's not not nearly enough recognition for that. I agree. No. Um, So what do you guys think of this movie? I think it was quite quite popular when it was released so I'd be very curious to know like what other people think of it have you seen it do you love it do you hate it for some reason Mm because I'm always curious to know about like a differing opinion about something as well Mm -hmm. Um, so you can let us know about that over on Instagram at fullybookedca and you can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better and If you're still with us, which I hope you are, uh, for the rest of this month, you can leave us a five-star rating and review uh, wherever you're listening to this episode because it really helps us get the show out in front of more people. But until next week, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone.